This podcast is produced on the ancestral homeland of the Nooksack and Lummi people. They have been its stewards since time immemorial, respecting the land, river, and ocean with the understanding that everything is connected, related, and alive. We acknowledge the elders and their collective and individual plights and achievements. We consider the legacies of violence, displacement, migration, and settlement that bring us together today. And we pursue ongoing action to build lasting relationships and grow together so that all may prosper. WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today... All right, I'm here once again with my boss, Mary Vermillion. Hi, Neil. I feel like it has been a long time since we've sat down and done a podcast interview. Where you been? Well, <laughs> I've been everywhere, mm-hmm. as the old Man. song goes. Man, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were a country music fan. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm not sure that I am either, but maybe I am. Maybe. Or maybe I think that's just one of those songs that are out there in the ether, right? That you've, if you've lived it long enough, it's probably passed probably. through your, your brain. So, Certainly if you and now it's wormed right in there and I'll be hearing it all day. Yeah. It's not, it was not, also a commercial, right? Oh yeah. That's what it is. Commercial. That's what it is. And now it is in my brain. So. It's just interesting because yeah. I was talking with Robert Lashley the other mm, day. Mm-hmm. And the poet Robert <laughs> the Lashley. The poet Robert yeah. Lashley, who's got a novel coming out. Yeah. And yeah, you saw him the other night. You were out for um, a poetry event. He, yes, there was a, a nice open mic poetry reading at the Honeymoon um, in downtown Bellingham. And, mm-hmm. and I went and visited with him. and But then we got together for coffee uh, later at the end of the week and... He said that he's been listening to country music. And of course, if you say that to me, immediately I say, let me make a playlist for (laughs) you (laughs) of all of my country favorites. Which used to be known as a a mixtape. A Mm mixtape. I could have made him a Mm mixtape. I made him a playlist. Mm -hmm. And and I've been everywhere, of course, was on there. Oh, interesting. Who sings that? I want to say Hank Snow was the first person who sang it. Okay. So I have been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the places that I went at the end of March, I went to Wenatchee's who attend the Washington Library Association Conference with 14 other WCLS staff members. That was a convoy going over the it mountains. Was. And yeah. It was three vehicles. Yeah. Several of us in my van. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about going to a conference that's three and a half hours away is you get a lot of time to get to know some fellow staff members that you haven't necessarily talked to much because we're in various, uh, you know, various buildings and we just, our paths don't often cross. So it's, it's really, um, that's one of the, my favorite parts of going to conferences is connecting with people who I don't get to see every day. Now, that's kind of rare for us to send that many people to a conference. So why did so many people go to WLA this year? You know, that's a really good. Well, I guess the the part of the answer is that we had two um, presentations that WCLS was making. And one of them was was uh, four people. It was Michael um, Cox, Michael Cox and 
Amelia Martinez, uh, Diana Tanyo, and Joshua Olson, and Tashina Villaluz couldn't make it. Um, she actually has has uh, since moved. She's moved to a new position. We miss you, Tashina, but yeah. thank you for all you did when you were at Ferndale as the cultural liaison for Lumination. And she wanted to make sure that she was her voice was in this presentation, so she. Uh, she and I recorded a message that they played at the presentation. As a cultural liaison, I helped create Indigenous book lists and Indigenous displays for significant days such as Orange Shirt Day, also known as Truth and Recon Reconciliation Day. I was also able to visit the tribal schools. I was also invited to visit with the students from Western Washington University. The students are pre-service teachers. I was able to share with them the importance and required mandate of the Since Time and Memorial curriculum. I shared with them the resources WCLS offers with the SDI learning kits. I want to raise my hands to all the cultural liaisons and all the WCLS staff. I want to acknowledge the patrons and community and children. They are the reason that we do this work. And their presentation was? It was called Building Community Connections by Hiring for Cultural Knowledge. And um, all of the presenters there, except for Michael Cox, who's the deputy director, were cultural liaisons um, in our in our library branches. Yeah, we'll have to do um, bring the cultural liaisons in oh, and do an interview good. with them. That would be great. Yeah, WCLS has been really forward looking and um, created positions that are called cultural liaisons. And so we have um, Diana and Amelia um, connect us with the um, Hispanic community in Whatcom County. And then Joshua is a member of the Nooksack tribe. And so um, helps bring the library and connect the library with the Nooksack tribe. And then Tashina, although we're hiring for her position now, was the cultural liaison with Lummi Nation. And so they went and talked about this, this program and how it works and how to get started at your own library. And so the other program that we chose to talk about is um, Dia de los Muertos. Um, so this was WCLS's first Day of the Dead event. Um, and this is one that I was really excited to do because I feel like this is such a beautiful part of my culture. And I really wanted to celebrate it with the community. And um, it was a really cool event. We had around like 200 people and like we had a lot of um, people just gather, learn, and just celebrate um, this. Um, one of the first things I did was a Nooksack tribe land in history with my uncle and language teacher, George Adams. That was over Zoom. Um, it, was really, it was really informative to me uh, to listen and hear him speak. Um, and the, the one thing that I'm really most proud of with that program is that we're able to post it on YouTube. Um, and I was able to transcribe and put in closed captions with the correct spelling of our native language, Lechlism, uh, when me and my Uncle George were talking. That's what it's all about, right? Taking that many people is sharing our knowledge with other libraries in the state and being yeah. presenters. And so in addition to that presentation... There was another presentation. There was another, yeah. Um, that, was, that would have been me yeah. giving a presentation on how libraries can um, reach out to their patrons by by creating a podcast just like this one. Yeah. And um, I was really, I was really kind of honored that, that uh, the Washington Library Association 
agreed to. I was going to say asked me to do this, but it was really me asking well, them. Oh, yeah, you pitched it, I, right? Yeah, I, you pitched it. I we, pitched people it. pitch sessions and yeah. they only accept the best of the best. They, so. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so they uh, allowed me to make this presentation. And so I had also given this presentation to patrons at um, Blaine Library, Ferndale Library, Everson and Linden libraries. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why we haven't been on the air in a while because Neil's been out and about teaching other people yeah. wh- how to do a podcast, why to do a podcast or to consider doing a podcast. And that's been great. Yeah. And it's really, you know, people have been really interested, especially at, especially the librarians, because uh, 45 people came I know. to my presentation. I was I was hoping I would get 10 or 15 people interested, but but it really shows that here's this, this, I want to say new, but it's an old um, podcasts have been around for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Like 20 and, years. Yeah. I just think it, you know, it, people are always looking for, especially in libraries, I think another way to let people know about the services, library services to tell that story. And, you know, library staff, they're not, they're not large. It's not like there's a, a lot of staff at the library, especially here in Washington state. There's a lot of smaller libraries and mm-hmm. they certainly don't have big marketing teams or the opportunity to do something like a podcast. So, you know, it's exciting for them to, maybe they won't ever be able to create one, but they're at least thinking about it and wondering if it might be something that they, that they sure. can do. That's exciting. And I, I think that I made, um, that I shaped my, my talk in a way that showed that you don't need a lot of money. Yeah. You need support from your library. And time. Of course, yeah. And time yeah. Mm-hmm. and enthusiasm mm-hmm. are the biggest things that you need. Sure. Um, but I had a 14 point plan, which luckily I had that because otherwise I would have just talked forever. Yeah. But we just worked down the plan and it was, it was really exciting. And I got, you know, some feedback from people who attended and said they were, they enjoyed it. And, and a couple of people who are actually starting a couple of library, um, staff from other libraries who are going to start a podcast. And that was helpful. That would be a fun thing to put in the show notes, Neil. I know you have some favorite library podcasts because that's part of your presentation. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can add that into the show notes here for, we can create this, you know, whole library podcast groupies, people that want to find the, the best yeah. of the best out yeah. there. So because there are a lot of library podcasts. Yeah. So yeah, I will include a list of podcasts yeah. in my show notes. So make sure and visit WCLS.org slash podcast yeah. to find that. Well, congratulations on you're being a little modest. I did see the um the comments that came in from people and um I know that people were really inspired and had a good time in the session and learned a lot. And so thanks for taking the time to share your knowledge in that way, just like um the other WCLS folks did. And there was another reason why we had a good crew of people that went over to WLA this oh, year. Yes, because we have some award winners among mm-hmm. our um our cohort Washington Library Association um, has uh, puts out a lot of awards during mm-hmm. this conference mm-hmm. and honors people, uh, library staff for the things they've done to, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of things. Um, one of them was the outstanding service award, uh, which was given to Amelia Martinez and Diana Atanio who both attended and Evie Harmon who couldn't attend this year. Um, and those three um, WCLS colleagues won for? They won for um, 
You know what? Hang on a second. <laughs> uh, the next award winners have run a program that brings services to local migrant work camps. As the bones of the program emerged, they brought enthusiasm, experience, and connections, excellent organizational skills, and a wealth of youth services experience. Last year, the program included 60 children in two camps and offered library activities and services, and a growing connection between the library system and the farm working families of the county. The next recipients of the Outstanding Service Award are Amelia Martinez, Diana Antonio, and Evie Harmon. Congratulations to Diana, Amelia, and Evie for their outstanding work. Yeah, you know, it was wonderful because um, I'm kind of, I kind of get excited in these, these um conferences and try and, you know, do all the things. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was have our table of, of 14, 15 people up front when they gave the awards out to, to Amelia and Diana who were there. And so we got a table right in front of the stage and we were able to cheer and, and hoot. So what were some other highlights over in Wenatchee? Oh boy. Um, well, like the, the keynote, the first keynote uh, breakfast talk was celebrating Washington's tribal libraries. And mm -hmm. there was some uh, processions about that as well. And so we had some representatives from, from the tribal libraries in, mm -hmm. in Washington State uh, attending, as well as a um, keynote speech by our, our local Washington State Poet Laureate, Rena Priest, who's just finished her two-year term as Poet Laureate. Yes, she's passed the laurels on, she's, but, oh, that's great. So Rena was there, and did she talk about the new anthology? She, you know, she didn't talk about the new anthology, uh, um, but I happened to have her new anthology, so as... Oh, I wonder why you have a copy, Neil. <laughs> I know you love poetry, and you are a poet, but is there another reason why you have a copy of I Sing the Salmon Home? Well, this the story goes that uh, as part of Rena Priest's um, reign as Poet Laureate, mm -hmm. um, she created several opportunities to highlight uh, Washington State uh, poets um, having readings and, and uh, workshops and things. And her final um, task as as the poet laureate was to create an anthology um, where she called out to Washington State poets to submit poems about salmon. <laughs> and uh, I did submit, I submitted two poems about salmon and um, she chose one of them to include in this, this uh, anthology of 150 Poets. That's fantastic. Poems. Congratulations. And I think you're one of what, 27 Whatcom County poets, which is amazing when you, there's like, what'd you just say? 150 poems? 150 poems and 27 of them are Whatcom County poets. That's incredible. So I know I Sing the Salmon Home is available in the collection. So people will be able to, to check that out and see some local names in there. But you, so you went up to Rena there in Wenatchee. I went, and so yes. Yeah, so I had a poem in the book, which is the first time I've been published in, a, in an anthology or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as she got done with her keynote, she went into the, into the vendors. There's always a vendors room where library services, library vendors, I guess, what am I they saying? They went into the vendor room where the vendors are. Where the vendors are, yeah. where they're trying to sell, <laughs> you know, things to help libraries right. do their job. So I went in there and made a, a 
beeline towards uh, Rena Priest, who was who was sitting waiting for people to come so she could sign their books. And I saw her, and she recognized me. We didn't really know each other well, but we've seen each other, so she recognized me and was uh, very gracious. And I asked her to sign the book, and I I mentioned that I had the poem in there, and she said, oh, why don't you read it right now? And now you realize that I'm, she's sitting at a table and because I'm kind of a tall person, I tend to kneel down mm -hmm. when I'm talking to people. So I'm on one knee <laughs> sitting at a table and there's a few people starting to gather who want autographs um, for yeah. their books. And uh, she made me read it out loud in front of them. On your knee. On my knee. <laughs> I suppose I could have stood up and made a big presentation, yeah. but I wasn't prepared to read it all. And so she caught me off guard, but you know, you have to do what Rena Priest tells you to do. That's she's, right. Yeah. She's very, very commanding in a very quiet way. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. So of course, Rena is a member of the Lummi Nation. And so that, um, the book and the honoring of salmon is just really, it was a lovely way for her to end her, her, uh, Rain tenure. Yeah, it, it really was. Washington yeah. State Poet Laureate. That's what today's show is then? Is it notes from WLA? I've got some 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 notes from WLA, some, you know, some audio from some people talking about uh, what they got out of it. Mm -hmm. I got some really good conversation from Elizabeth Stewart, who went down. Elizabeth works at the Blaine Library and at the administrative offices here. Yeah. She'll talk about the sessions she attended. So this show is just kind of all about um, behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, from the conference, notes from the conference. So if you love libraries and library work, you can just geek out on the, yeah. the next few moments here. Of That's right. So every, everybody come with me to Wenatchee. <laughs> yeah. And then it has been a while since we talked. And I just want to tee up a few things for people. So make sure you, you know, Neil's back at it. And we're going to be getting back on a schedule here of podcasts. So you can look forward to a few things. And. I can think of three things off the top of my head. We want to say congratulations to our friends at Bellingham Public Library, who yes. tomorrow, Wednesday, April 26th, are having a ribbon cutting of their new location at Bellis Fair Mall. So by the time you're listening to this, it might be time for you to drive on over to the mall and see their new location, which I think is down toward uh, where Dick's Sporting Goods is was okay so that end of the mall or for back in the day back toward where sears used to yeah. be way way back you know the great thing i mean just to say that the, the this is a great use of of a mall that is not what it once was well i always like i mean shopping centers just change and evolve right yeah. and it's a it's a big chunk of real estate how do you best use it yeah. you know and um shopping malls have changed and the communities have changed and I think the new owners of Bellis Fair are, are very wisely kind of looking around and saying well what does the community want and Bellingham Public Library had been doing their um have been doing some um story times there mm. and it just sort of developed into this relationship with the the new owners of the mall and so now they have this beautiful new space there and and it's not the only thing that's in the mall 
right now. Yeah, Makerspace is in there. There's a lot of interesting There's things. A high school. Yeah, happening yeah. at Bellis Fair. And so, um, and f- for us, as you know, people who love libraries, it, we're excited that that is being represented in a space that's accessible for people and mm-hmm. just one more way for people to um, to interact with the library. And you know, if you have a WCLS library card, of course, you can go there to that location too and check that's it right. out, and check that's out right. materials. And so congratulations to our friends at BPL, Bellingham Public Library. And I also want to say a big shout out to our friends at Village Books and independent bookstores everywhere. This Saturday, April 29th is Independent Bookstore Day. So make sure you stop by Village Books or other independent bookstores here in Whatcom County and let them know you appreciate them and maybe buy a book. Yeah. And if it's after April 29th, you don't have to just do it just on April 29th. Do it at <laughs> any old time. Always thank yeah. your independent bookstore. Yeah, absolutely. Every chance and you get. such a great partner for us. Yeah. And then finally, I just want to um, say a big congratulations to our friends in Birch Bay. Um, we recently announced um, that the Washington State Legislature approved the scope change request for the Birch Bay Library Project. And so the $2 million state grant can now be applied to a, it's it's called a Library Express. It's a smaller library within the walls of the vote home at the on the property on Birch Bay Drive. And so um, we are very excited to start working again, or it, it never stopped, but <laughs> to um, take a, net, a new direction and a new step for the Birch Bay Library Express, which will formally be called the Birch Bay Vote Library Express. Um, and so you can read all about that um, at a press release on our website. And then I think we should just plan a little update I for a future we, bro- for a future podcast so we can get Christine Perkins and Dimar Smith from the Friends of the yeah. Birch Bay Library on. We're all just really excited about yeah. the project and thankful for everybody who made it happen. And I will say that... You know, the Friends of Birch Bay Library have been fundraising for a while and and have, have raised some funds toward this library project, um, the $2 million state grant. But we still need to raise $300,000 to complete this project. And so the Friends of Birch Bay Library are planning lots of activities to raise $300,000 to bring this dream that they've long held in the Birch Bay community to a reality. And we are hoping that that will happen. And I, I fingers crossed it will. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked about a lot of things, but let's get back to Wenatchee and see what people thought about the conference. I love it. Thanks, Neil. All right. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Stewart, um, and I am a collection maintenance specialist two days a week at the Whatcom County Library System Administrative Offices. And I work as a public services assistant two days a week at the Blaine Library branch of our library system. And at the end of March this year, I got to attend the Washington Library Association Conference in Wenatchee. Uh, it was wonderful. I was particularly interested in going um, because there, uh, I saw that the closing session was a right to read conversation. Um, and I also wanted to hear, um, the presentations on, um, confronting white nationalism in libraries, on trauma in libraries and other sessions, uh, like that, um, but it was so much more than that. It was awesome. So we the we got to start out um, with uh, a breakfast that uh, um, 
and um, the first session I went to were both about centering and celebrating Washington State Tribal Libraries. Um, and that was great. I really, really enjoyed those sessions. Um, we also had the opportunity to um, see our colleagues um, in their presentation on um, building community connections by hiring for cultural knowledge, which featured um, contributions from all of our um, cultural liaisons. Can you tell me a little bit about what a cultural liaison is? Since you did attend the... Since I did attend, <laughs> did the, attend session. the session. Yeah, so... Um, the uh, I think the original question for our library system was how do we reach um, uh, communities that we haven't done a good job of connecting with yet and uh, of uh, some of the communities that um, our library system was particularly interested in um, reaching out to um, were the Latino communities and the two tribal communities in Whatcom County, the Lummi Nation and the Nooksack tribal community. Um, and uh, th these liaisons that we heard from during this pre presentation um, uh, were the liaisons hired to reach out to those communities um, specifically. Um, and uh, you know, we had, there was a really good discussion of how um, do you hire, create positions and hire um, people who can do that well. And the emphasis being on hiring specifically for cultural knowledge um, and, and also, you know, things like language skills and, and stuff are really appreciated as well. Um, so it was really great for me to have the opportunity to hear from the people in our library system um, that I haven't worked uh, as much with yet um, and to hear uh, all of the exciting outreach that they've been doing. Um, and one of the highlights uh, actually uh, for me also was to um watch when Amelia and Diana um, and their colleague Evie Harmon, who uh, was not at the conference, were honored um, with a Washington Library Association Outstanding Service Award um, for outreach they had done uh, for um, the communities that come in in the summer to um, do uh, farm work. Um, for us out in Whatcom County, um, particularly reaching out and providing opportunities for kids, I think, in multiple languages. So you got to see your your peers. Yes, that was great. Um, so I really appreciate the opportunity to learn more about what is being done throughout our library system um, to reach out to these communities. Uh, I th I, I really appreciated um, also making those connections um, with all of the people who did that presentation. And really, um, one of the best parts of attending a conference like this for me is the opportunity to get to know Whatcom County Library System employees throughout the, our library system that I don't otherwise um, get the opportunity to work with. Uh, I 
I uh, so value the time. I mean, even things like riding in the van or car are learning opportunities and socializing opportunities with um, people that I may not know very well or haven't had much time to connect with um, before that. So I I think these trips are so valuable um, for the connections we make um, both within our library system and with the Washington State Library um, folks in general, people from across the street and even regionally um, who attended who attended this conference. I think that is super value as well uh, as well. And then um, oh, another highlight for me um, was hearing from the um, author Aidan Thomas, who um, has written books like Cemetery Boys um, and The Sun Bear Trials. And I had the opportunity to, I was fast enough to get in line to go get a book and get a book signed for my spouse. So I was very excited about that. You started out talking about um, the right to read. Can mm-hmm. you kind of elaborate on what that, what that, it, what that issue is right now? There is, um, a, a, it seems to be a growing movement across the country uh, that seems to be fairly organized at this point um, of folks who are interested in seeing uh, materials banned and removed from libraries and it's happening in school libraries and public libraries. Um especially. And uh, this particular conversation um, uh, focused on the experiences some people have had with school libraries, but I think it's very relevant to our work in public libraries as, as well. Um, you know, talking about, well, how, how can we best respond and, um, you know, to people who are challenging our materials um, and how can we continue to serve in this, in this case um, we got to hear in this presentation from a couple of amazing high school students from Walla Walla um, who uh, dealt with those challenges in their high school and were able to create uh, their own independent um book club to read all of the materials and discuss it. In one case, they actually got to have a discussion with the author, um, George Johnson, who wrote All Boys Aren't Blue. Um, They were able to do that independently. Um, But that still leaves um, leaves those of us who work in libraries to deal with the actual challenges that are 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 coming up. about our materials and uh, I, I definitely came up with uh, came away with a feeling like we need to be ready for that because it is um, we've definitely had people challenge our materials before in our library system but I expect we will see see more of that and we need to uh, be ready um, but I do think we are prepared um, in some of the ways that were mentioned in this program about, you know, with our collections policies and how we talk about how we um, have our materials, create, create our collections in the first place and maintain our collections. Um, I think we have robust policies about that. So that's really useful. But um, 
kind of one of the closing themes of the whole conference and part of this conversation um, that multiple people, I think, mentioned in that conversation was that, you know, we need to be brave. This is um, a time for library workers everywhere to to be brave and and stand up for the right to read. Um, let's talk a little more about um, the the white nationalism um so um, this was this was kind of a, a workshopping session um, as well as kind of an introductory discussion. Um, but the there were some um, we got a, a toolkit that was put together by the Western States Center on confronting white nationalism in libraries um, that I thought was extraordinarily helpful and um you know, I recommend people who didn't get a chance to attend that session, um, you know, reach out to the Western State Center to see if they can get the a copy of the the toolkit as well. Um, but this uh, uh, came up because, um, you know, in libraries, we are, uh, you know, very much advocates for free speech and um we have policies that allow our meeting rooms to be used by all sorts of groups. And some of those groups that want to come in um, can be uh, can can promote agendas that we may uh, vehemently oppose, but they get to come in and use our meeting space. Um, and so how how do we respond to that when um, a group uh, comes in to use our meeting space, um, but we are very much opposed to their agenda? Um, and so we had a we had a discussion. We did um, uh, kind of role plays and discussions within groups about how to respond to a bunch of uh, different uh different scenarios like that. Um, but one of the takeaways for me was that um, while we um, may uh, have policies that allow these people to come in and use our meeting rooms, that doesn't mean we can't be robust in our response within the libraries themselves in terms of um, the trying to do everything within our power to show communities that may be targeted by these groups, like uh, one group, for example, had a very anti-transgender agenda, came, came into his meeting space. And um, how then can we as a library system show that we uh, do not want an event like this to make the space unsafe for, uh, in this case, you know, transgender people were being targeted. Um, and so what do we put on display? Um, what services do we offer? How do we reach out and support um, the groups that are being targeted um, in a way that is effective um, and doesn't allow groups that come in that are hateful to um, further um, marginalize groups that are already already marginalized in our society. I don't know if that made any sense, no, that, but 
That's <laughs> great. But it sounds like it sounds like it's not even about a, it's like the library system and libraries in general have a position which is everything for everybody mm -hmm. as much as we can. And that includes people who don't believe in everything for everybody. Right. So how do we bring... How do we, how, yeah. How do we, how do we support people um, who are being, who are clearly being targeted by um, certain groups? Now we are not, um, you know, uh, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, these are discussions we need to have further discussions we need to have in our in our library system, you know, in case something like that happens in one of our branches with any of our meeting space, you know. Yeah. Um, I know certain library systems, you know, are being targeted by certain groups, um, but, you know, that could happen. That could happen in our library system as well. So, um, you yeah. know, it's something for us to discuss as a staff for sure. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the 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 response to people trying to shut other people out is is to boost the welcome sign you know if 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 we're concerned that people will be uncomfortable coming to our library because there's a group meeting there our job is to make it even more obvious that everybody is welcome i feel like that's kind of what i'm getting from what you're saying that's i think that's one piece of it i think yeah. there's lots of you know there's there's lots of layers and um you know how any given library or library system is going to respond is very also you know factors in kind of what what community um you know where that library system is located what what communities they serve and that's something for us you know i think to talk about sure yeah. internally um um, because, uh, you know, I think we have a, a push pull in libraries, um, around issues of, you know, library neutrality and <clears throat> what does, what does that really mean? Um, and more of a, a, people who are more along thinking along the lines of more of a social justice lens to our work, um, so, so I guess the bottom line is that conferences like this bring up a lot of really rich, um, rich topics for further discussion. And they, and it just kind of, um, starts or helps you continue on a journey of exploring all of these issues for libraries and um, gives you a brief opportunity to have these discussions with people across the state, which is, is which is really wonderful. Um, and then our job, I guess, when we come back is to keep learning and keep talking and um, take what we've learned and create rich discussions within our own library system. Thank you, Elizabeth, for, for sharing your experience at the Washington Library Association. My pleasure. I had a wonderful time. It was great to be with you. Thanks for listening, friends. Be sure to visit our website at wcls.org slash podcast for more episodes. 
And if you have comments about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear them. Email me at neil.mckay at wcls.org. I'd love to hear from any other librarians who have started podcasts. Send me a link and I'll include you in my list of library podcasts in our show notes. A big thank you to Elizabeth Stewart and all the library folks who attended the Washington Library Association conference in Wenatchee this year. And thanks as always to my boss, Mary Vermillion. Patience is the companion of wisdom. Until next time, this is Neil McKay saying thanks for listening, my friends.